Does the idea of doing an in-depth analysis of your competitors make your insights squirm? First of all, you're so not alone, but our guest today, Julie Christie from Togs and Business, is insisting that we do the hard work to really help our businesses grow. Keep on listening for a deep dive discussion into the most important elements of a good, usable marketing plan for your pet photography business. And if you listen to this interview and realize you just need a simple plan or a simple template to write this all in, Julie has the ultimate photography business plan, which is an awesome free template to download. So just head on over to our show notes at thepetphotographersclub.com slash podcast slash one two one zero to grab that link. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Season 12, Episode 10 of the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Kirsty McConnell. And I'm Caitlin J. McCall, and today we are chatting to Julie Christie. Thank you so much for coming on the club, Julie. Oh, I'm, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Kirsty and Caitlin. <laughs> so maybe before we dive right in, you might want to just give a quick intro into what it is that you do, especially over at Togs in Business, just for the listener that might not know you yet. Sure. So I'm Julie Christie. I basically teach and educate photographers on marketing, the magic of marketing. And I do that via my socials and my website, but I also have a paid membership for professional photographers where I dive a little deeper into it with them. Awesome. So that's exactly why we've got you on the show today, because um, I know, like I found you myself by following you on Instagram somehow. And I feel like every piece of content you put out is like gold. (laughs) There's no holding back. There's so much goodness. And I was like, we've got to get on the show to share some of this goodness with our listeners. So we know that marketing is your jam, but really in order to get to the marketing point, you know, people really need a clear view of like what they want their business to look like. And I know you help photographers with that. So maybe let's like start with that and like business planning and all of this kind of thing for whether or not a listener is in like the early stage of their business or if they're even like, you know, realizing three years down the track, like, oh, actually, I don't really know where I'm trying to go with this. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that because marketing, people think marketing is this separate thing that they get to after they've decided what they want their business to be. But it is so integral to the business planning stage. You have to plan and strategize for your business before you can even think about how you're going to become visible to your ideal client. It all starts at the planning stage. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I know like we would normally break that down into a bunch of different steps. So like what kinds of things would you say are like really important to have like kind of organized in your business and maybe to refresh or kind of a regular occurrence as well, like, you know, not so detailed and overwhelming as if we're like trying to go to the bank for a loan, but just like the things that you think are unnecessary. So that's exactly right. A lot of people think their business plan is only something they have to do if they're looking for finance or, you know, some kind of backing. 
but your business plan should primarily be for you, right? It's something that you create for you so that you can create the most amazing business possible for your clients and yourself. So that's the first thing you need to do is you need to not worry about how it looks and not worry about how you're writing it in terms of grammar and headings and all that stuff. You All you need to worry about is what's going into it, that you're putting your heart and soul into creating a business plan that is going to be exactly the right business for you, that you can keep running for years and years and years, and that your clients, your ideal clients are going to love because that's where the sweet spot is. It's when we create a business that doesn't even feel like work, And it means that you can keep doing this for as long as you want to, for the rest of your working days, if you want to. So really, that's a business plan. If you are wanting to write a business plan for a bank, then that is slightly different. And you maybe do need to think more about structure and language. But if that's not the case, just dive into it with your heart and your head. The first thing I would say that you should tackle within that is thinking about your service alignment. That's the first thing I would think about is your target client, your ideal client, and how your services align. And what I mean by that is, so, you know, your audience are pet photographers, but do they, do some of them also have other strands to their business? Occasionally, but I would say that the majority of our members in particular are at least aiming to become pet exclusive photographers if they're not already yes so that makes it a lot easier you know the photographers who have multiple genres you know that can be really difficult I mean I love multiple genres but if you are a specialist it makes your business planning so much easier so that's great so your services don't need to complement each other because you're you're specializing so that's fantastic so once you have that you just need to think and I know that people bang on and on and on about this all the time and people are so fed up hearing about ideal clients but (laughs) it is the single most important thing that you can do for your business planning is to really and truly understand your ideal client. That's where your business plan begins. And it's not about, and this really bugs me, a massive bugbear of mine is it's not about what age they are, whether they're married or not, you know, the kind of house they live in, the job they do. That just, that's not it. It's who they are as a person, the values they hold, the things they find interesting, the things, crucially, the things that you and that person have in common that's going to connect you, the things they're going to resonate with most, you need to understand who this is on the deepest possible level. It doesn't matter if they're 20 or 70. It matters who they are as a person. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I love to hear you say that because I feel like when we look up, when we're lost and we're starting our business or we're just thinking uh, that we need a little bit more direction and maybe we're Googling, what do I put in my business plan? And, you know, a thousand things come up about ideal client. And it is usually like, oh, you know, what's their socioeconomic background? Where do they live? How old are they? Um, A lot about gender, that kind of thing. So I definitely, I love to hear you say that it's not about the extraneous details, It's about connecting with them, yeah, which makes it so much easier when you're then actually trying to create that brand 
Totally. And we have, we have so many different types of pet owners and you have to decide who is the pet owner that you are going to enjoy hanging out with the most, because that's the key to a long-term business is, is hanging out with people in your work environment that you love. And so you have to know who they are. What do you have in common? You know, are they, and it can be, it doesn't have to be to do with their pets all the time. You know, there can be other things that you have in common. So that's the very first thing is describing that person, their values, their personality, their character. And very crucially, I'm just going to repeat that is what you have in common with them, because that's going to be the big connector. And then following that, it's really diving deep into the desires and the concerns that they have around working with you. That's more important than their general desires and general problems. It's the ones they have directly linked to hiring you. So what is it they want more than anything from these photographs? And it's not memories, you know. (laughs) This is the thing that people say all the time. Yeah, I think I'm just like creating memories for them. (laughs) How is that different from any other pet photographer in the world? That's not going to differentiate you. Every photograph creates a memory. So it's not that, right? It's, It's, you have to dive much deeper than that. And it's more about identity and who they are and what they want to convey to the world. So what is it they want people to see from their photographs? And what is it they want to feel from their photographs? And you have to make sure you show them that you completely get that. You really understand it more than anyone else. So Julie, do you have an example for that um, for the audience? Okay, so let's go with a more extreme example. Most pet photographers are pet owners, aren't they? Yes. (laughs) So let's say you're one of the, let's say you have a dog and you are like one of these dog owners who absolutely molly coddles their dog. They buy them a gift every week. They have like 500 different collars and, you know, they're just absolutely the baby in your life and you spoil them rotten. And that's the kind of pet owner you want to attract. So you need to think, okay, what is it about that dog owner? What is it they want from their photographs? What do they want them to show? And maybe they just want the world to see, look, this is my baby. This is how I feel about this dog. This dog is the center of my life. I want everyone to see this. And that's what they want to feel when they look at their photographs. So everything you should be talking about in your marketing on your website, your emails, your socials, should give them a sense that you understand that depth of feeling. You understand why they are the way they are and what they want from this. Does that make sense? Is that an example? Yeah, that's a brilliant example. I love hearing that. And I think there would be quite a few listeners out there who that is quite a um, a spot-on analysis of, of at least the start of their ideal client. I guess another type of pet photography, we have a lot of listeners who do like the more adventurous pet photography. They might have like hiking dogs. So there's all sorts of different ideal clients for us out there. And I love love your um, strategy of really nutting down and working out who that is for your specific business. So going back to the business plan, once we have a really detailed and deep understanding of who that 
person is that we're targeting. What are some other key points of a plan that you would recommend putting in there, not for one of these bank business plans, but for an actual roadmap for our lifestyle businesses that we're all trying to build here? The next thing I would do after that would be, and it's the thing that makes everyone really uncomfortable, and it's going (laughs) intentionally to have a look at your competitors. I know it's like, oh, really? (laughs) But, um, and there's, I know there's all this advice about stay in your lane, just do your own thing. But if you are not keeping an eye on your competitors, you are mad, absolutely mad. And you can be best friends with them while still keeping an eye on what they're doing, right? Oh, I'm so glad that you mentioned that part as well, Julie, because I feel like we do this like extremes, you know, like we, we go like either nobody wants to look or we feel like we've got to be best friends, but there's like never an in-between. And I think you can be friends and you can actually be even like working together in some form. Yeah. Also just like knowing where you sit in the market is important too. So I want you to dive into why you think that that's so important. So most of us now have lots and lots of competitors and and I started my photography business in 2010 and I really didn't have that many competitors. Also, you know, reach was amazing on social media. So you could like post once and get a client, you know, it's just not like that anymore. So it's become so important that we differentiate ourselves from anyone who could be considered our competitor. And yes, there's community over competition, but it shouldn't be one or the other. It should be community and competition because whether you like it or not, you have competitors. And if you can't be distinguished from them, if your brand is similar, if the way that you are communicating is similar, if your photography style is similar, if your products and your business model is similar, then how do people make a decision between you both? So it's really important that you get your helmet on and you can you intentionally look at your competitors. And I would recommend that if you are prone to comparisonitis and you know feeling down when you do that, and then I know a lot of us creatives suffer from that, I would recommend that you only do this when you're feeling strong and you do it with a business hat on. You put that business hat on and you say to yourself, I'm not going to go down this rabbit warren of comparison. So what you want to do is you want to find two or three of your closest competitors. And what that means is you need to know who's your competitor and who's not. Because if you know your ideal client, and we just talked quite a lot about that, if you know who your ideal client is on the deepest possible level, your competitors are only those who your ideal client might also decide to hire. So if you think about your ideal client, you hold them in your head and you look at your competitors and you say, would that person want to hire that photographer? If the answer is no, don't analyze them. That They're not your competitor. If the answer is yes or maybe, then they are. I love how you're breaking this down. Like so often it's just like, hmm, who else is out there? What are they charging? I've got to charge the same as them full stop. That's like, we hear that all the time, you know? And I'm so excited that you're getting like so deep into this and, you know, saying, no, no, it's not even about that. Like you're looking at people that your client would also be considering. And then you're flipping all this thought process upside down and saying, how can I be different? Not, oh, they're offering that. So that's what people want. And I need to offer that too. Instead, you're saying, how can I be different? So this is really cool. 
Exactly that. And I like that you, you talked about price there because it's not even about price. They're, if you think about your ideal client in the way that I described, they honestly might hire someone cheap or expensive. As long as they connect, it's not going to be about price. It's going to be about connection. So even if you find a competitor who is much cheaper than you, you shouldn't be thinking, no, they're not my competitor because they're so much cheaper. Actually, it doesn't always work that way. It's about connection. So think about who that is. Depending on your area, you might have more than two or three. You might have one. You might not have any. So you just don't know how many. I would choose two or three to analyze. And I would look at, first of all, the service that they're providing. Try and get a really good idea of the kind of customer service that they have and the products that they are producing. So are they digital only? Are they doing wall art? Just write this all down. But then, more importantly... Think about who it is they're really trying to appeal to. So describe who you think their ideal client is, just going by their website and their socials. That's going to give you an idea. Are they trying to target a very similar person to you? You might find that, actually, I have no idea. I don't know who they're trying to target. And that's great news for you because that means they're probably not managing to target that person either. You can't see it. And then lastly, just thinking about their price point and the position they have in the marketplace. So just guessing, if you don't have access to their pricing, guessing around where they stand. Are they like middle of the road price point? Are they just above average? Are they luxury end? Where are they? And then thinking about, this is the bit that gets really icky, because lastly, you really need to look at, okay, what are their strengths? What is it that when you look at them and you check out their socials and their website, what are you feeling a bit jealous of? What makes you a bit uncomfortable? So for example, are they amazing on Instagram and they're getting lots of engagement with their reels, they're getting on camera, maybe their SEO is fantastic and they're appearing like right at the top of search results. Maybe they have all these Google reviews, you know, so what is it that they're doing really well and list that. And then what is it they could be doing better? Because this is where you're going to find the gaps. And when, once you've analyzed their business, you then have to go and analyze your strengths and your weaknesses so that you can find where the gaps are and how you can play to your strengths. So that's why I always recommend looking at your competitors first, because you might end that part that section feeling a bit down on yourself like oh they're doing so well and I'm not so good but then you have to go on and think about your strengths as a person and as a brand so what is it you have that you can maybe compare the two compare your competitors with your strengths and weaknesses and think okay what can I play to or what can I get better at to give me a position in the marketplace that is my own yeah, yeah, that's awesome, Julie. You know, often we hear like, you've got to do a SWOT analysis, which is exactly what you've just described, right? Except you've used real words instead of saying a SWOT analysis to a small pet photographer. And we're like, what's a SWOT analysis? I don't work for a bank. Um, <laughs> and we hear it all the time and yeah, we don't know what to do. And you've just broken that down into such simple like tasks that we can all do and yeah turn it back around to like why we even want to do this and and how it's going to benefit us I know so I'm back in Australia at the moment I've been doing I live in Italy but I'm back in Australia at the moment I've been doing a few shoots while I'm here and I've booked almost all of the shoots uh 
past clients that have come back again. And, you know, so far they've all said the same thing to me. And they've said, and it's making me like, oh, ego boost. Thank you very much. Keep it coming. <laughs> but um, honestly, like they've all said the same thing in a different way. Like, oh, when I got your email, they were coming back. I was, I was so excited because, and then insert their problem. We knew you were the only one could fix it effectively. So for example, it was like, they've all grown, their families have grown. So it was all like, we knew you'd be the only one that would be crazy enough to take on a shoot doing three dogs and uh, sorry, four dogs and three kids in the one shoot. And I was like, what? That's not a problem. That's like a dream. And I've clearly managed to position myself in the market of being the expert of like managing kids and dogs crazily. And they really don't trust anybody else now because they've only worked with me. And then you know, I had this other client that was a similar story, except it was two puppies and two adult dogs. And she told me that, you know, oh, look at this shoot I had with somebody else while you're away. And I was like, oh, great. And we're talking about it. She's like, yeah, but now that I've got these two puppies, I had to come to you again. It was like, yeah, that. that's such a win. That's such a win, Kirsty. When someone, when someone has worked with someone else and they choose to come back to you anyway, that is such a win. You'd be like, yes. <laughs> It, yeah, it was, it was like an ego boost, like I said. But the thing that made me think about this was earlier you were talking about price points, like a client might be looking at something lower or more expensive. And I was thinking also just a different point of their life or a different for a different purpose, you know, like if it's a shoot that the client considers to be something easy, maybe they're like, oh, anyone can do that. So I'll just find like an any kind of photographer. But then if it's something that they consider challenging, then they're like, well, I'll pay the money for that, you know, for example. Like that's my recent experience. Um, 100%. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, I was really excited to hear you say that. Anyway, I've just given myself a little like <laughs> pat on the back here. Yeah, quite but, rightly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to dive into the rest of this. Like so we've done the SWOT analysis we are just talking about then and then we've covered who is your ideal client and the services and you know, that complement each other and this kind of thing, who do you connect with, et cetera. But there is more that goes into a business plan than that. But I reckon we're going to save that for the second half of this interview, which goes out just for our listeners. So we're going to wrap up part one now. But just before we do that, can you just let the listeners know where the best place is to find you? And maybe if there's anything special you want to offer them, like, or let them know that you offer, that would be great to do now. Sure. So my favorite place to hang out online is Instagram and they can find me at at Togs and Business. And actually, if they pop in to visit me on Instagram, they'll see my free marketing class. That's probably my favorite lead magnet, if you like to call it, where I deliver um, an hour long marketing class that has had lots and lots of good reviews. I know people will enjoy it. That sounds amazing. We will have the links to that as well um, in the show notes. So head over to the petphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash 1210 for season 12, episode 10. If you're not a member of the club yet, you can continue listening to part two of this interview where we're going to dive deeper into all these elements of a workable business plan. You just have to join us. So it's $10 a month and club membership includes loads of bonus perks and content to head over to the petphotographersclub.com to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.